Hello there, voice teacher. It is Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 55, all about vocal exploration exercises. What are vocal exploration exercises? Well, they are whole body activities that allow our students to discover their one-of-a-kind, amazing voice. They're also really great diagnostic tools for the voice teacher. Now, vocal exploration exercises primarily are given to our little ones, but I have to tell you, they're not just for the kiddos. Singers of all ages can benefit from a little bit of vocal exploration. And I have a list of simple, fun, and super effective vocal exercises right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hey, voice teachers. Hello, friends and colleagues. Thank you so much for joining me for yet another Full Voice Podcast. We are going to have some fun today talking about vocal exploration exercises. But before I get started, I just wanted to uh, wish you a happy October if you're listening to this podcast at time of recording. Uh, I hope everyone is singing in tune in your teaching studios these days. I, uh, I love the month of October. My kiddos are having fun with their spooky vocal warm-ups. And the Songbird warm-up game, which is a free download on our website, Halloween edition, has been a hit. And I have to tell you, so many teachers have been sharing on Instagram videos and pictures of their kids doing the tongue twisters and singing the spooky exercises and moving like a ghost. Oh my goodness, people, this makes my heart so happy to see singers and teachers having a blast. I cannot tell you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for tagging. If you're on Instagram, uh, at the full voice. That is us. That is me. I would love to see what you're doing in your teaching studios and if, and how you're having fun with your singers. So thank you to everyone for sharing all that wonderful um, uh, feedback and videos. It's just so, so amazing. I just love it so much. Anywho, um, I am excited to dive into this topic to get today. Because it's something I've been thinking about and I've been um, exploring a little bit myself with um, not just my kiddos, but with my students of all ages. And um, the question I want to start off with, I like to start the podcasts with a question to make you think, to make you reflect. Um, Were you given the opportunity in your formal training as a vocalist to explore the voice? Did you have that opportunity? Were you invited to make strange sounds and make animal sounds and do slides and glissandos? Were you given the opportunity to vocalize without correction? Ooh, that's that's the tough part there. That's what makes it vocal exploration. We're not looking to make corrections. We're allowing them just to do stuff and just kind of talk about it. Now, um... I was not in in my first early years of learning to sing. And, and as I've said before many times, I've had the best teachers. So wonderful. 
But in my formal training, um, vocal exploration wasn't really part of the lesson plan, the lesson pacing. And um, that wasn't a problem until I got to college. <laughs> until I was challenged outside of my comfort zone, um, improvisation was really scary for me in the beginning. Uh, using my voice as an instrument, because I went to school for jazz, you're supposed to do that, you know, uh, was really, really scary. So um, I, uh, it took me a while to really kind of sit into those, those challenges that were given to me uh, when I was studying in the higher levels. But um, vocal exploration, I think, is something that is so important. It's about, it's about free singing, uh, without correction, without judgment, without worry. And we all have those students that are just worried. They're worried about everything. Um, vocal exploration can really uh, open up a deeper understanding and appreciation for one's voice. And that is one of the things that I'm always working for in my teaching studio. I want singers to what I call make peace with their voice. I also would love to encourage my singers and, and I want to see my singers appreciate and marvel. I know that sounds a little silly, but the human voice is such an incredible thing. It's so, it's so multi-layered. That's, that's the word I'm going to use today. Um, there's so many aspects to it. And I think that we can, in our teaching studios, especially for those of you working with young singers, um, we can really help to allow our students to really appreciate their voice, to celebrate their voices, to um, honor their voices. So I just, uh, I think there's a lot of value here, which is why I wanted to talk about vocal exploration today. And you know, um, vocal explorations. I so wanted the Star Trek theme, you know, the intro where they talk about space, the final frontier, but Sean says that would be a copyright violation and we would get in trouble. So just if you're into that, think about that. Every time I say the word vocal explorations, see, you're thinking about it now. Anyhow, um, vocal exploration is something that is used a lot with uh, our classroom teachers, our classroom teachers working with really young children. This is often the starting point for a lot of kids just with their first first introduction into singing. Um, and uh, if for those of you who are working with small group classes, as I am, the vocal explorations go a long way. They're fun, they're game, it's play-based learning, and it can be so such a great time. But um, I, I want to shout out to all the classroom teachers out there. Um, we have quite a, a large um, audience of classroom teachers who are working with young singers. And um, the classroom teacher has to take an entire class of young of young students and, and get them all singing, hopefully in tune. And this is an enormous challenge. I don't think as a private teacher, sometimes we can appreciate it, but this is an enormous challenge. And, you know, in, in early grades, kindergarten, grade one, grade two, um, you know, you have 
um, you have students who are non-singers, so they are not comfortable uh, vocalizing outside of their speaking range. Um, you have students that are emerging singers, so they're okay with vocalizing, but their pitch is inconsistent. And then you have singers, so singers that are comfortable singing and they are singing in tune. When you have a classroom filled with non-singers, emerging singers, and a few singers, the challenge (laughs) right there is huge. So shout out and hats off to all of you wonderful classroom teachers out there um, uh, working with singers of all abilities. So Vocal exploration exercises are kind of the the introduction and one of the most effective ways to get everybody singing in pitch. Um, And uh, they're a lot of fun. And again, we're trying to make people comfortable, children comfortable and and curious. Um, But uh, let's get started with my list. So, and I know a lot of you are already doing some of these exercises, but hopefully I can give you a little more insight and some more ideas on how you can utilize them within your teaching studio. Um, And the other thing I want to say, vocal exploration exercises are fantastic assessment tools for the teacher. If you want to get a really good picture about how students are relating to their voice, about their personalities, about their learning styles, how they're relating to their bodies, vocal exploration exercises will give you a very, very detailed picture. Now, what I do want to add to that is it is truly impossible for us to know exactly how someone is experiencing their singing voice. Um, Everyone... Everyone experiences and has a relationship with their voice that is unique. And as, as teachers, as voice teachers, all we can do is watch our, watch our students really closely and then relate it to how we experience singing and try to help them figure it out. So we have to be very careful that our experiences is not overshadowing what's actually happening with the student and their perception. And I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, send me an email. Anyhow, um, so vocal exploration exercises are a fantastic warm-up. They're so good. They're whole body activities. And, you know, do not let anyone bully you into thinking that they're silly and goofy. And sometimes you might have to explain to parents why you're doing things um, or explain to the student, well, this is what we're working on right now. Uh, And sometimes it's better not to explain, but you use your judgment on that. So uh, vocal exploration exercise number one, sirens. That's right. Just uh, whooping sounds, scoops, glissandos, anything where we're just kind of not really referring it back to a pitch and we're just kind of running through the um, through the vocal range. Um, and I'm going to do a couple of examples here and my poor husband's going to have to mix all of this. All right. So, um, so sirens. So anything uh, where they're like, or cat calls, woohoo. I, I use that one a lot. If I'm having a hard time with a student getting them kind of to freely sing in their head voice, I'll be like, let's say, you, you know, you're cheering on somebody, woohoo. 
Or, uh, you know, you're really happy that you don't have to go to school tomorrow. Woohoo! And uh, those kind of little exercises, uh, vocal exercises, where you're just um, sirening or, or whooping it up. For my young boys, I will often ask them, to do like uh, emergency, like siren sounds, like a like a fire truck or an ambulance, like woo, 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 and then I'll say things like, "What if it was a really tiny fire truck?" And they'll go, woo, 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 uh, and then what if it was a really big fire truck? So again, I'm not making corrections with the instructions. I'm just giving them opportunities and invitation to try different things. Um, the other thing that we put in the uh, Songbird warm-up game Halloween edition were uh, scary slides. So the instruction is very simple. Start at your lowest note and slide all the way up into to your highest note. And then there's another one that says take your highest note and slide all way down to your lowest note. And again, I'm not using the piano as any reference point. It's just seeing where they're comfortable starting and where they're comfortable going to, and then inspiring them and giving them the invitation to, oh, geez, I wonder if you could go even higher than that, or, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know you could sing that high. I loved, I love doing that to my students. Wow, did you know you could sing that high? Um, and then they smile. Uh, so siren scoops glissandos. Now, I want to shout out to my dear friend, Kristen Coffey Rondeau, who has inspired me to always put more movement into my lessons. So now... When my singers, and I do this with my introductory vocal class, so I have uh, two classes, both with five students, and um, all little girls. Uh, I was hoping for some boys this year, but they it didn't work out that way. Uh, so all little girls, and we do what I call the ragdoll vocal warm-up. So we've, we fold our bodies over, we let our arms dangle, we shake out our bodies, and then we start to vocalize really really low and as we get we we start to straighten up our backs and lift our hands into the air and as we do that we vocalize with that so we start with our lowest pitches and as our arms reach up to the sky we get up to our highest pitches and then we come back down this is a great exercise it stretches out the whole body it makes them kind of get the willies out uh it, the crazies out um, it makes them laugh it's certainly certainly makes them take nice, relaxed, deep breaths. And again, we are, we are moving through the range. And what's interesting is, is I'm paying attention, I'm watching and I'm listening to all my students. I can hear the kiddos that are a little reluctant to kind of getting up into their head voice. So we might do the exercise again. And I will focus on kind of keeping them up there and seeing if I can get the other students to kind of, you know, move into that range. Um, and again, I'm not making corrections. And I'm certainly not isolating or, or uh, any of the children out um, which is so important. Uh, but again, siren scoops, glissandos. Um, and I want to share a little story. 
Uh, so I know we tend to leave the vocal exploration for our littles, but all of my teenagers love the songbird warm-up game. They love doing their tongue twisters. Um, so I have one student who is is just a, she's a wonderful girl, but she t- she really really holds herself back. She's very serious. She's very serious with a lot of worry and and a lot of overthinking. And uh, she was playing songbird warm up, and I don't want to give away all the awesome things in songbird warm up, but she pulled out the the one that was the movement activity, which says, "Sing or speak the next exercise while moving like a ghost." And she pulled that out, and I thought, "Uh oh." I wonder how this is going to go down. Because if anybody would be not happy about doing it, I my assumption was that it would be her. But she smiled. She looked at me. She had to do the descending slide from the top of her range down to the lowest range. Well, didn't she own it? She put her hands in the air. She she swayed all around. She even walked around my studio while doing the exercise. I was floored. I was like, girl, why you hold out on me all the time? Where was that beautiful, big, awesome voice? All I had to do was tell you to move like a ghost. Anyhow, she laughed, had a big smile. We both laughed. And then we had one incredible vocal lesson. So don't think that your teenagers are too cool to sing and move like a ghost. Anyhow, um, I uh, I want to move on to our next uh, vocal exploration exercise. And again, I know many of you are using these and I love it. So that's animal sounds. Animal sounds. Well, first of all, who does not like making an animal sound? Everybody likes making animal sounds. And I want to shout out to my dear friend, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe, who did a fantastic Facebook Live about how she uses animal sounds in her teaching studio and, and the focus of them. And I was it was so awesome. Uh, Michelle can sound, Michelle has the, the perfect gibbon sound. I can't even do it. Like I was floored. Um, but cat meowing, um, bird sounds, caws. I've been using a lot of crow caws, like caw, caw. That's a really interesting way of getting the sound forward. Um, owls. I use hooting owl sounds to help my little ones get up into their head register. Uh, and, uh, I, and often I'll, they'll, I'll let them bring their stuffies in. Um, and I want to talk about stuffies in just two seconds, but um, there's so many different sounds, animal sounds that we can use. And again, they're, they're just different ways that we use our voices to create different sounds. So important to play around with that. Now, I do um, I do, did want to mention uh, about the puppets or stuffies. Um, Puppets and and stuffed animals can be very useful tools in the teaching studio. Um, I know, oh my goodness, I'm not sure who did this on the on the Facebook group. It might have been Tracy Ford. Um, forgive me if it wasn't. Uh, but using a puppet to show how to open the mouth can be very useful. Um, but stuffies. Uh, so here, okay, let me just put it to you this way. 
in a long time ago, or not a long time ago, um, I, it still happens now. I personally don't like stuffed animals. <laughs> I really don't. They bug me. And I, I really despise it when children grab their stuffy and shove it in my face. I just, I want to take the stuffy and throw it. But I don't. I just, I'm just telling you. Um, but I've been reading about how stuffed animals are transition tools, um, transition objects for small children, and that a lot of schools and ch- uh, child psychologists are are actually encouraging that the children do bring in a transition object um, and they can use it. Now, this is really effective with our really shy kiddos. So in my in my small group vocal classes, my introductory vocal classes, I have some, I have some very shy students that are dealing with anxiety, that are, that are very introverted, um, and they need that support. Uh, And, and in the beginning, um, we, I would, I would have them pretend that the stuffy was singing. The first couple of weeks with my my first class of young singers, I had I had six kids and five out of the six kids were very shy and very anxious. I had one little extrovert that just kind of cheered them all on. It was brilliant. Anyhow, so they brought their stuffies in and that was pretty much the only way that the parents could get them there. And then we used the stuffed animals and we would make cat sounds, but the stuffed cat, the little stuffy would, they would be holding it and it was them being the cat. And this was very effective. So for those of you who are working with little ones who have shy ones, the, if they bring in those transition objects, um, put them to work. Now, here's the, the tip that I have for you. If the child is using the transition object, the stuffed animal, as the voice, then you, the teacher, have to sing to, talk to, um, interact with the toy, the puppet, the stuffy. Ah, and again, a super really, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing in the studio because your little shy ones, when they are pretending that it's a stuffed animal, will actually be more apt to show you what they're capable of doing. So animal sounds, meows, caws, uh, hooting owls, gibbons, love you, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe, pig sounds. Oh, yes. Who, do, who doesn't like oinking like a pink? a pig. All right. So animal sounds, very useful way. And and one of the biggest things that it can really help our little ones with is getting them into their upper registers, into the higher pitches out of their speaking ranges. Now, the other... Um, uh, the other vocal explorations that I love, which I've talked about before, but they're so effective. I really want to just kind of go over them again. And I've got some new ideas. Uh, vocal expression lines. Now, if you are a member of Voice Teachers for Young Singers, our Facebook group, you might have seen my video um, using the whiteboard. So what is a vocal expression line? Very simply, you take a whiteboard or a piece of paper and you draw a wavy line up and down, up and down, up and down. I know this is a podcast, just you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then you demonstrate to the student how to sing that line. Now, it's free, free for all here. You can choose any vowel. You can choose... Um, 
like what note to start on. It's not this, there's no, no piano note references that you need. And if I've drawn a curvy line, then I'm going to sing it. I'm going to go, ooh, and I'm going to follow that line. Vocal expression lines are hilarious fun. My vocal classes and my young singers demand, demand to do their vocal expression lines. And um, it can be a lot of fun with the vocal expression lines, with drawing random lines on the whiteboard. You can explore range, dynamics, articulation, breathing challenges. You can do so many different things with a vocal expression line. And you don't tell them this, but it is an introduction to reading music. Their eyes are following up and down and across the board. That is a wonderful introduction to learning to read music. Now, because I follow so many incredible teachers on Instagram, I have to tell you, I've seen some really great ideas. And again, shout out to the classroom teachers. You guys have so many fantastic ideas. So um, one of the teachers had posted, uh, she had done the vocal expression line, but she was doing it outside with her students with a piece of chalk. So she takes a piece of chalk and draws a curvy line along the sidewalk and the kids have to walk down the sidewalk and sing the line. How much fun is that? Now I know most of my private teaching colleagues are like, well, I, I don't, I can't take my kids outside and draw on the sidewalk. I get that. Uh, but if you could, why not? I actually want to do that with um, some of my some of my neighbors just down the street here. There's a whole bunch of young kids on the street. I kind of want to wrangle them and then make them sing expression lines across the uh, sidewalk here. Uh, the other the other little um, uh, video I saw with the teacher was indoors, but she had taken a skipping rope and had moved the skipping rope in a wiggly line and the kids had to sing the skipping rope. That's really cool. Now, one of the things I've started doing in my introductory vocal class is using a balloon. We gently, that's the challenging part, is gently tap the balloon and as the balloon floats up in the air, we have to follow it with our voice. And uh, that is a lot of fun. And now it's also a really fun breathing challenge. The kids love this. So I will tap the balloon into the air and we have to sing and follow the balloon until it touches the ground in one breath. They love it. And I have to tell you, the balloon was pretty slow moving, so it was quite a breathing challenge. Now, there's also other activities that you can use with soft bean bags or like Nerf balls or, or like weighted juggling balls, soft balls always, um, where you can sing as someone tosses you the ball. So as the ball is thrown, you sing and then you stop singing as soon as the ball is caught. Uh, you have to be careful with anything that requires things being thrown. Um, I have tried the beanbag, uh, game with, um, singing game with my intro, intro class. And it was good for some of the kids, but not for others. Some kids are not comfortable having anything thrown in their general direction. And you have to be mindful of that. 
<laughs> so, all right. So vocal expression lines, uh, drawing a line, letting the kids sing, exploring so many vocal concepts and so many musical concepts. Lots of fun. Now, uh, I know many of you are enjoying uh, tongue twisters. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, so many teachers are sharing amazing videos of their students rocking it. Shout out to Patty Barrow, who sent me a wonderful little message with her student, who I don't think I could even do it that fast. Uh, the um, If two witches were watching two watches, she did that so quickly and so clearly it was, it was very impressive. So Patty, thank you for sharing that. But another t- form of vocal exploration of tongue twisters, chants, and rhythmic rhyming. Just having a conversation with our students about how we form the sounds of our alphabet. So I will often do that when we do tongue twisters. I don't just, you know, if you let them do tongue twisters, what they want to do is do it fast as possible. That's one aspect, one thing that we're working on. But for me, it's also being aware of the articulators and talking to them and go, well, how, what's happening in your mouth when you say the letter D or the letter S? How, how is that sound actually happening? What are we doing? And it's really interesting. I find it really fascinating. Some children are very aware they just that awareness of movement and how the body is functioning. They're super aware. But then there's other students, and I'm, I was going to say children, but I have adults that struggle with this, who are just completely unaware. So the conversation about what is happening in their in their mouths or how is the sound made can, can really make them stop and think, which is always a good thing. So tongue twisters, chants, and rhymes. In my uh, introductory vocal class, before we learn the melody of a song, um, I will give them the uh, lyric sheet and we will practice reading it and we will read, we'll read it through. I'll give the children an opportunity to read a verse themselves. Um, Often what I'll do is I will uh, teach them the chorus, but we read the verses. So we'll read the verse and then we'll sing the chorus and then we'll read the verse, and then we'll sing the chorus. And this gives them a chance to kind of get their, get an idea of the story, um, as well as really reading clearly and understanding the text and the lyrics. Um, and then if there's a, if there's a tricky line or a tongue twister type line, we'll play some games with it. I'll go, okay, everybody's going to read this line together. And there's, again, you can play and warm up the voice with speaking exercises like this. They're very effective. And again, when you're working with young singers, and not just the youngest of young, but even some of our older kiddos can be struggling with their reading skills. This is a good indicator about how quickly you can pace your lessons. If the child is a slow reader or they're struggling with their reading skills, then we need as private teachers to slow everything down. So that is always teaching to the needs and the abilities of the students in front of us. Now, um, the other thing that I've been doing with my kiddos, uh, so again, on um, 
recommendation uh, from Kristen Coffee Rondo. I've incorporated some percussion instruments in my teaching studio. Now, I've al- always had like a shaker or two, but I went to Long and McQuaid, bought a whole bunch of fun percussion instruments. And if you go to my Instagram feed, there is a crazy picture with the kids behind me and the smile and the and the evil smiles on their faces because this is just when I handed out all the percussion instruments. They loved it. Oh my goodness, did they love it so much. Uh, anyhow, so we did a lot of rhythm clap back and, um, and keeping a steady beat and walking and keeping a steady beat and using the percussion instrument. Um, I would, I would tap a rhythm. They would have to use the percussion instruments to tap it back. Um, but then, dun, 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 then I took all the percussion instruments away from them mostly because they were driving me crazy. But I took the percussion instruments away and I said, okay, now we are going to be the percussion instruments. So how would you use your voice to be a shaker? Or how would you make the sound of the rhythm sticks? Or what was the sound of the, of the, the African drum, the djembe? What, what was that sound? Um, and that was a really interesting exercise. And I have to say the kids dove headfirst into it and came up with all sorts of neat sounds, um, and, and how they wanted to get their bodies involved. But I said, no, 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 you gotta just use your voice, your mouth, your tongue, the breath. And it was so much fun. Now, I can see now that I've probably um, started my own little mini beatboxing club, but we had a lot of fun. With my older students, my teens, when they are getting into jazz and discovering jazz, um, a lot of the exploration uh, is on um, scat syllables. So just using, taking a melody that they use and then just singing it with different like scat syllables like do and do ba. And in the beginning, you know, they, they keep it pretty safe, but you know, with, with some invitations, you know, we can get into more complex scat syllables. Um, Using fricatives is also really cool. Um, But so again, another way to explore. So we're exploring the melody, taking the words away, but still using the voice like an instrument. And that's a lot of fun as well. So uh, now I want to get into two the final two little vocal exploration ideas. And um, uh, the first one is vocal exploration. And I do this a lot when my kiddos need to rest their voice. This is part of the no singing voice lesson plan. There are many reasons why our singers need to rest their voices. So um, this is one of the activities that I think is a valuable activity and it's really important especially for our preteens and our teens well actually I no for uh, for all singers um and that is listening to other vocalists yes our singers are constantly comparing and despairing 
And our singers, our young singers are listening to music. And there's different reasons why we like a song. Sometimes it's the artist. It's the personality that they really like. Sometimes it's the story behind the song that really makes them feel good or bad. <laughs> listening to Adele song, you feel bad. Um, sometimes it's the melody is really catchy and they want to sing the melody. And sometimes they just don't know. I just like this song. So I like to I like to ask them, you know, who who do you really like to listen to? And then we'll sit and we'll listen. And I like to open a, a conversation about the qualities in the voice and help to help my students to find a way to use positive language uh, to describe how a singer sounds or how a singer uses their voice. That is so, so important. Now, I love to challenge my singers uh, to find really cool ways to describe the voice. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. But uh, um, I said, oh, I really like this singer's voice. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, crunchy organic peanut butter with some dark chocolate in it my student was like wow really I said yeah don't you hear it <laughs> anyhow they're I think um, inviting our students to listen and to find qualities in the voice that they really like is so important because it leads us to the next step and this is where I want to have a big 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 caution warning, um, which is exploring their own voices and listening to their own voices. Now, I want to share a little bit of my frustration with my friends and colleagues out there. I have been begging my students for the last few months of all ages to record themselves. Everybody has a beautiful uh, smartphone that has wonderful ability to record and nobody is interested in doing this. And uh, I, I have been a little frustrated, um, especially with some of my students who have professional goals. Um, I think this is like a non-negotiable, like you need to see and hear exactly what you are doing so that you can properly prepare for the auditions and for the endeavors that you're interested in. But I also have a lot of singers who are not making, uh, they're not making a lot of corrections. And I know that if they actually heard what I heard, they would make the corrections. Um, anyhow, so I have been encouraging my students to record themselves and it's not happening. So I am, uh, with a couple of my students, I have basically said, we can do this in the voice studio. We can do this in our lesson. And they're not happy about it, but I think it's really important. And I think that, again, I don't want to even really worry about the things that we don't like. I want them to be able to identify all the wonderful things that they are doing with their voices and remind them that, oh my goodness, your voice is beautiful and you do amazing things and it's expressive and this, and do you remember in the beginning when you could not do this? Um, making peace with the voice, like I said earlier in the podcast, is challenging. Now, the reason 
reason that I caution this is we all have students that have deep, deep hurt and trauma about their voices. Somebody said something mean about their voices or they have those perfectionistic tendencies and they are super, super hard on themselves. We have those students in our teaching studios and this type of exercise um, can probably go one of two ways. One, it might help them and two, it might make them shut down completely. So again, I am, I am waving a big red flag. This is something that I think is so important. Um, I highly recommend that you do it with your younger students and get them used to the process of recording themselves and, and hearing them. One of the things that I love is my introductory vocal class. I, I often take videos of them. They love watching their videos. They, they haven't, they haven't been traumatized yet. So they love listening to themselves sing and they might laugh and, oh, that wasn't very good. But we always talk about the positive. We always talk about how wonderful they are doing and how great it sounds and all the beautiful things that are happening with their voices. So, um, those are the last two points I have vocal listening, listening to other singers and inviting open, um, positive dialogue and conversation about the unique and wonderful things about the voice that they may not have noticed and then listening to themselves and celebrating their voices again proceed with caution so there you are i hope that you will take this opportunity to try some of these vocal exploration exercises with your singers and the last thing I want to put out there is uh, don't hesitate to try these with some of your more experienced singers some of your adults Uh, many of our experienced singers and our adult singers have never had the opportunity or been given the invitation to discover and play around with their voices and it can lead to some very interesting conversations with you their teacher and uh, it can really help them um, just discover what an amazing instrument that they have and get them out of their comfort zone and into something new and exciting so vocal exploration exercises lots of fun I hope you will try them this week in your teaching studios. Now, before I go, I have some simple, simple, humble pleas. If you are listening to the podcast and enjoying it, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes or on our website. That helps us more than you can possibly know. Uh, Or let your friends know. If there's a podcast that really helped you out, we would love to hear about it. It, And especially if we have guests. Oh my gosh, the guests love getting feedback. Please, please, please let us know what what you're thinking and uh, leave a review. And for those of you who are now purchasing the Full Voice resources on Amazon, our workbooks, the Full Voice workbooks, plus the technical exercises for kids and sight singing superhero and the Full Voice teacher guide are now available on Amazon in Canada, US and in the UK and in Europe. So if you uh, are purchasing on Amazon, please leave a review that helps us uh, as well. And we really, really appreciate that feedback. As 
always, I am wishing you an inspired day of teaching and with all your students, happy singing. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoemusic.ca. And there seems to be somebody here that needs to tell me something. What's wrong? Well, I don't know about that. Did you just discover that I was recording and you had to come and say hi? Yes. Okay. Well, I can't really fix that right now. Well, I can't. I don't. Why do you do this to me, animal? Yeah. <sighs>